0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of Kitsugi Talks Podcast. This is your girl Saroya here. Today's episode is going to be one of a very heavy subject that deals with something that is happening that is just very rough and is very real for a lot of people. That is my warning before I even share what we're going to talk about in today's episode. But before we get into today's episode, I would like to share our sponsor for this episode, Anchor FM. Eric Garner, Tamir Rice, Philando Castile, Sandra Bland, and the 10 black souls that we recently lost in the shooting that happened in Buffalo, New York. If you are a black person living in America, there is a strong chance that systematic racism and police violence aren't foreign concepts. Police brutality, unfortunately, has been a public health issue for decades. So while the more recent string of police and racist vigilante killings of George Floyd, Ahmaud Arbery, Breonna Taylor, and Elijah McClain might bring up a host of emotions, they probably aren't surprising to you. More unexpectedly, however, is that in light of these killings, the country seems more willing than ever to contend with how racism impacts Black lives on a social, emotional, financial, and psychological level. And that could also trigger all sorts of interesting feelings for Black people. One of those feelings is, are we ever going to feel safe? To be safe can be defined as free from harm or hurt. So feeling safe means you do not anticipate either harm or hurt, emotionally or physically. For a lot of Black people in America, if you ask them, can you remember a time when you didn't feel safe, and they will come up with multiple answers at the drop of a hat. Racial trauma is a big factor for this. The number of instances of overt disenfranchisement towards the Black community are countless. During slavery, a psychiatric condition was developed to describe slaves who attempted to free enslavement, which was referred to as drapetomania. Also, during slavery, Black men were considered only to be three-fifths of a man. Between 1932 and 1972, the U.S. Public Health Services enrolled Black men into the Tuskegee Syphilis Experiment, which was disguised as providing treatment for Black men with syphilis. Instead, participants were prescribed vitamins or administered insufficient doses of medications that resulted in a number of unnecessary deaths. These instances, among many other atrocities, have resulted in significant ongoing trauma to Black people within our community. Now, despite being currently five to six generations removed from slavery, the trauma of enslavement was so severe that it implanted a psychological and social shock in the minds of all black people. Current generations still carry the scars mentally and socially. In addition to knowing that this is the history of Black people in America, the systematic racism that has remained in place since the end of slavery has resulted in ongoing racial trauma and injustices to Black people, such as racial profiling, voter suppression, and overrepresentation in the criminal justice system. Enduring constant prejudice, discrimination, and bias takes a toll on one's mental health. Along with recurring trauma through media. The psychologically damaging experiences of ongoing systematic racism are further exasperated through the reoccurring videos and images of black people dying at the hands of police officers. The number of lives lost don't just include Michael Brown, 18 years old, Freddie Gray, 25 years old, Tamir Rice, 12 years old, Eric Garner, 27 years old, Ahmaud Arbery, 25 years old, Atatiana Jefferson, 28 years old, Brianna Taylor, 26 years old, Elijah McLean, 23 years old, or George Floyd, 46 years old. They include so many more. When will this end for us? to end this episode on a more lighthearted note even though the topic of this episode was very heavy and I of course went on a bit of a rant connected with my own emotions of how I feel as a black woman the fact that I'm a woman is one thing but being a black woman is a whole other thing I personally have never experienced any racial injustices towards myself individually, but I see it every day. I see it every day. I live in Brooklyn, New York. I live in a gentrified neighborhood where one area is a whole bunch of white people, Jewish people, to be exact, shopping with their kids and stuff, and then a few blocks down is Project Houses. Brooklyn is still Brooklyn. And Unfortunately, things like racism, things like police brutality, things like promoting Black bodies, lifeless Black bodies, everywhere on social media, still exist. And this, of course, makes me feel unsafe a lot of times. It makes me feel insecure about myself, not even just as a Black woman, but as a daughter of God. And there's times where I pray to God and I'm like, God, that could have easily been me. That could have easily been someone that I know personally. That could have easily been someone from my family. And it's a reality that I have to face, unfortunately. And then in the future, let's say like 10 years from now, I'm going to have black kids. And we've seen what happens to black kids, unfortunately. And it's something that I do question God about every now and then just the feeling of not being safe being insecure of who I am and then it makes me question God in the form of lament of being like where are you you know and in moments like that I look to the book of psalms for those that have never read the book of psalm it is a collection of literal songs, some of praise some of lament. Lament being a crying out of pain. The person who wrote majority of these songs is a man named David. And he knew a lot of pain. But one chapter that I want to read to you guys, one that in times where In times where um, my insecurities and my fear can get the best of me, times where I feel unsafe, I read this to myself, and right now, I'm going to read it to you guys. It is Psalm chapter 91. I'm reading the ESV version, and I'm going to be reading the whole chapter. It is titled, My Refuge and My Fortress. You will only look with your eyes and see the recompense of the wicked. Because you have made the Lord your dwelling place, the Most High who is my refuge. No evil shall be allowed to befall you. No plague come near your tent. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. On their hands they will bear you up I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Now, Psalm 91, I read it because it's literally like a song of protection, a song of God saying that is like, as long as you lean on me, as long as you call on my name, I will be there for you. Even when, everything is crazy outside of the four walls of protection I have built for you in this strong tower I will protect you and I have a hope for every black person in America in the world really that one day the glory of God will come for all of us. And we will finally see the justice that we deserve. That the generation of black people who are alive now, that we shall reap what our ancestors have tried to sow, have tried to sow years and years and years ago. I try to hold on to that faith because that is all I have. And is it confusing at times? Yes, I get confused in myself sometimes of how I have the faith I do, but I've seen God do things in my life that other people would think that when I say it to them, that's like a fairy tale. I remember with the the trial of Ahmad Arbery when they actually gave a guilty charge to the man that killed him. I remember I was, we, I was with the, um, a group of friends, well, virtually with a group of friends, and we one of them had streamed the trial. And it was my first time actually participating in watching something like that. Because other than that, I didn't own the television, so I didn't watch anything like that. I just knew about stuff like that from whatever was posted on Instagram or Twitter. But I never watched the videos. And I felt the whole weight of every black person who was awaiting for the jury to say guilty. Guilty for every single charge that he was charged with. That was the first time that I felt anxiety because of me being black in America. That was the first time I felt anxiety because of that reason. And I cried. And that was the first time that I allowed myself to feel the pain of every Black person in America. Not that I didn't recognize it before. I just never took the time to sit with it to see how it indirectly affected me. And I know there's many other people who can relate to what I'm saying as well. And in that moment was the first time that I felt unsafe as a black human being. Even with the guilty charge, there was still a sense that this isn't enough. It's not enough. Because it's not just Ahmaud Arbery. It is for every single black soul that we have lost Because of police brutality, because of acts of systematic racism, because of acts of just blatant terrorist racism in this country. But at the end of the day, I still choose to believe in God because God is a God of justice. Jesus believes in justice as well. For those that don't believe me, there is a story in the New Testament of Jesus and his disciples going to the temple. Jesus sees that the temple has turned into a marketplace full of bargaining and selling goods and items and stuff like that. People couldn't even worship in the temple anymore because it became a marketplace. And that temple that they were doing that in it was made for the Gentiles to be able to worship whatever gods that they worshipped and they were excluded Gentiles were people who pretty much were not part of the Israelite heritage people who came from a different literally a different line of people and Jesus noticed that the people who sold animals to be, um, to be sacrifices, for people to give sacrifices in the temple or wherever they may go to give sacrifices. He noticed that the sellers would upcharge, put an extra charge towards the Gentiles. Now the Gentiles were already poor and the most that they could afford was a pigeon. A pigeon in the Bible was like the lowest of the lowest thing that you can afford when it came to a sacrifice. And how did Jesus react to this? He was upset. He made a whip and started breaking down all the tables and told people to leave the the temple. And he went up to the man that was selling the pigeons. And he said to pretty much leave this market I never want to see you selling this again. He specifically went up to the man selling the pigeons because Jesus grew up in poverty. Jesus came from a place where people were prejudiced against him. He came from a place called Nazareth. So Jesus knows about racial discrimination. He knows about financial discrimination. So you cannot sit here and tell me that Jesus and God are in gods of justice. God. Of justice and I know it may be hard to see right now like where the justice is but I have faith again that one day when the glory comes it will be ours that justice will be ours for the taking that emotional freedom will be ours for the taking to end this episode on a more lighthearted note even though the topic of this episode was very heavy and I of course went on a bit of a rant connected with my own emotions of how I feel as a black woman the fact that I'm a woman is one thing but being a black woman is a whole other thing I personally have never experienced any racial injustices towards myself individually, but I see it every day. I see it every day. I live in Brooklyn, New York. I live in a gentrified neighborhood where one area is a whole bunch of white people, Jewish people, to be exact, shopping with their kids and stuff, and then a few blocks down is project houses. Brooklyn is still Brooklyn. And unfortunately things like racism, things like police brutality, things like promoting black bodies, lifeless black bodies everywhere on social media still exists and this of course makes me feel unsafe a lot of times. it makes me feel insecure about myself, not even just as a Black woman, but as a daughter of God. And there's times where I pray to God, and I'm like, God, that could have easily been me. That could have easily been someone that I know personally. That could have easily been someone from my family. And it's a reality that I have to face, unfortunately. And then in the future, let's say like 10 years from now, I'm going to have black kids. And we've seen what happens to black kids, unfortunately. And it's something that I do question God about every now and then. Just the feeling of not being safe, being insecure of who I am, and then it makes me question God in a form of lament of being like, "Where are you?" You know. And in moments like that, I look to the Book of Psalms. For those that have never read the Book of Psalm, it is a collection of literal songs, some of praise some of Lament. Lament being a crying out of pain. The person who wrote majority of these songs is a man named David. And he knew a lot of pain. But one chapter that I want to read to you guys, one that in times where In times where um, my insecurities and my fear can get the best of me, times where I feel unsafe, I read this to myself. And right now, I'm going to read it to you guys. It is Psalm chapter 91. I'm reading the ESV version, and I'm going to be reading the whole chapter. It is titled, My Refuge and My Fortress. His faithfulness is a shield and buckler. You will not fear the terror of the night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in darkness, nor the destruction that wastes at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only look with your eyes and see the recompense of the wicked. Because you have made the Lord your dwelling place, the Most High who is my refuge. No evil shall be allowed to befall you. No plague come near your tent. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. On their hands they will bear you up I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Now, Psalm 91, I read it because it's literally like a song of protection, a song of God saying that is like, as long as you lean on me, as long as you call on my name, I will be there for you. Even when, Everything is crazy outside of the four walls of protection I have built for you in this strong tower, I will protect you. And I have a hope for every black person in America, in the world, really, that one day the glory of God will come for all of us. And we will finally see the justice that we deserve. That the generation of black people who are alive now, that we shall reap what our ancestors have tried to sow, have tried to sow years and years and years ago. I try to hold on to that faith because that is all i have. And is it confusing at times? Yes. I get confused with myself sometimes of how i have the faith i do, but I've seen God do things in my life that other people would think that when i say it to them that is like a fairy tale. I remember with the the trial of Ahmaud Arbery when they actually gave a guilty charge to the man that killed him. I remember I was, we, I was with a, um, a group of friends, well, virtually with a group of friends, and we one of them had streamed the trial. And it was my first time actually participating in watching something like that. Because other than that, I didn't own the television, so I didn't watch anything like that. I just knew about stuff like that from whatever was posted on Instagram or Twitter, but I never watched the videos. And I felt the whole weight of every black person who was awaiting for the jury to say guilty. For every single charge that he was charged with. That was the first time that I felt anxiety because of me being Black in America. That was the first time I felt anxiety because of that reason. And I cried. And that was the first time that I allowed myself to feel the pain of every Black person in America. Not that I didn't recognize it before. I just never took the time to sit with it to see how it indirectly affected me. And I know there's many other people who can relate to what I'm saying as well. And in that moment was the first time that I felt unsafe as a black human being. Even with the guilty charge, there was still a sense that this isn't enough. It's not enough. Because it's not just Ahmaud Arbery. It is for every single black soul that we have lost Because of police brutality, because of acts of systematic racism, because of acts of just blatant terrorist racism in this country. But at the end of the day, I still choose to believe in God. Because God is a God of justice. Jesus believes in justice as well. For those that don't believe me, there is a story in the New Testament of Jesus and his disciples going to the temple Jesus sees that the temple has turned into a marketplace full of bargaining and selling goods and items and stuff like that people couldn't even worship in the temple anymore because it became a marketplace and That temple that they were doing that in, it was made for the Gentiles to be able to worship whatever gods that they worshiped. And they were excluded. Gentiles were people who pretty much were not part of the Israelite heritage, people who came from a different, literally a different line of people. And Jesus noticed that the people who sold animals to be um, to be sacrifices, for people to give sacrifices in the temple or wherever they may go to give sacrifices. He noticed that the sellers would upcharge, put an extra charge towards the Gentiles. Now, the Gentiles were already poor. And the most that they could afford was a pigeon. A pigeon in the Bible was like the lowest of the lowest thing that you can afford when it came to a sacrifice. And how did Jesus react to this? He was upset. He made a whip and started breaking down all the tables and told people to leave the the temple. And he went up to the man that was selling the pigeons. And he said, to pretty much leave this market, I never want to see you selling this again. He specifically went up to the man selling the pigeons because Jesus grew up in poverty. Jesus came from a place where people were prejudiced against him. He came from a place called Nazareth. So Jesus knows about racial discrimination. He knows about financial discrimination. So you cannot sit here and tell me that Jesus and God are in gods of justice. God. God. Of justice and I know it may be hard to see right now like where the justice is but I have faith again that one day when the glory comes it will be ours that justice will be ours for the taking that emotional freedom will be ours for the taking Hello and welcome back to another episode of Kitsugi Talks Podcast. This is your girl Saroya here. Today's episode is going to be one of a very heavy subject that deals with something that is happening that is just very rough and is very real for a lot of people. That is my warning before I even share what we're going to talk about in today's episode. But before we get into today's episode, I would like to share our sponsor for this episode, Anchor FM.